You think the world is bad today? Just wait until the Holy Spirit's restraining influence is gone and all evil will break loose. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, and welcome to August. This is Jim Scudder, and you're listening to In Grace. It's hard to believe that we're already into the warm and sticky month of August. Anytime I say the word August, I think of humidity and heat and cicadas making their noise. Uh, Well, I'm from the Midwest here in Chicago, so that's what I normally think of. But August is a great month because it means that the start of school isn't too far away, and we run a lot of schools here and a Bible college, and so I'm always excited to get into the fall. Uh, I also think of August as a time when our church gets away and we do something called family camp, and we're excited to do that here in a few days at Quint Road Baptist Church. Hopefully, you've had a chance to get away and get with the Lord and have Him challenge you and change you in your life, and I hope that you have. Today, we're back in our answer series, and we are excited because we're going to talk about more questions that people like you have asked. Uh, The first one is about when is the rapture? Some people believe it's before the tribulation starts. Some people believe and it's midway through and some people believe that it's at the end of the tribulation. I'll explain my position and why I think it is at the beginning. And we're going to talk more about other things like the Antichrist and, you know, uh, why is America not mentioned in Bible prophecy, things like that. So I think this will be a very exciting in grace. And some of you want the entire answers series and we have that available on a uh, CD set. And so if you'd like to get that, contact us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. If you would like to write to us, our mailing address is ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Next question. There seems to be a lot of debate with pre-trib and mid to post-trib rapture. Now, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, so let me just stop for a second and explain the different positions. Uh, There are some Christians that believe that Jesus will take out the believers before the tribulation. That's called pre-tribulation rapture. That's what I believe. That's what this church believes. That's what we have historically believed, and I'm more convinced today than I ever was. Some people believe that we will be raptured at the midpoint of the tribulation, or they call it pre-wrath rapture. And there's another group that believes that we will be raptured at the end of the tribulation and come right back with the Lord in the second coming. I'm not going to go into the other two views in detail other than tell you, well, let me finish the question and then tell you what I'm going to say. This question, this person says, I have heard that the meaning of the saints being taken up or rapture isn't in the original Dead Sea Scrolls. Is this true or can you clarify? Let me answer that real quick and then I'll go to the different positions on the tribulation. The Dead Sea Scrolls are primarily uh, copies of the Old Testament, of the Hebrew Scriptures. 
The rapture isn't mentioned in the Hebrew Scriptures. The church is a mystery in the Old Testament. So therefore, not finding them in the Dead Sea Scrolls would be logical. We wouldn't find the rapture there because it isn't talked about in the Old Testament. So I don't know where this person heard that. I don't know where that would have come from. But um, to me, yeah, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls are an amazing find. And again, they line up with the rebirth of Israel almost, this, almost to the day that Israel was reborn. So... Did uh, we have a great reaffirmation that God has preserved his word. Some people think, as we do, that the rapture is going to happen before the tribulation. Some people say it's going to happen in the midpoint, and some people say it's going to be the end. So this is the view that we hold, and why is that? Well, I think it's pretty simple. Let me first give you the verses that talk about this rapture, and there's other places, but these are the main ones. Jesus said in the very last day before he went to the cross, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. I believe that's the rapture. 1 Thessalonians 4.13, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. These are people that have died in the faith. That ye sorrow not even as others that have no hope. So a Christian funeral is a lot different than a funeral of a lost person because we have hope. We have a confident expectation of seeing that person again because of their faith in Jesus Christ and our faith in Jesus Christ. But for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, how can I be saved from my sins? How can I be raptured? If you believe that Jesus died and rose again for you, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Those that have died in the faith in the church age and those that are alive, we will be caught up. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them or go ahead of them which are asleep. In other words, uh, the dead in Christ will rise first and then we, as it says here, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Why? Because they have six feet further to come. <laughs> True. Then we, which are alive and remain, and I hope that means me, because it'll be a glorious thing to not have to face physical death. I'm not afraid of death, but I'm not looking forward to dying. We, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up Harpizo in Greek, and it's the uh, rapturo in Latin. It's this idea of being caught up or snatched or taken away together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Don't confuse this with the second coming. Second coming, Jesus comes to the earth, the saints with him on the Mount of Olives where he went up. This is before that, he's coming to, to gather the church, the bride, and take her up. In the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Isn't that comforting? To think that this could happen in our lifetime? Uh, I want you to read later 1 Corinthians 15, 51, which is another great passage that gives you detail on this. But let me just tell you a couple things. Uh, the church and Israel are two distinct entities in Scripture. We are not Israel, Israel's not the church. There's a, a horrible doctrine called replacement theology that the church has replaced Israel. They failed, and so we're gonna, we're gonna do what they failed to do. And certainly I will say they failed to recognize as a nation Jesus as the Messiah, 
but that doesn't mean that God is done with them. How do I know? Because in Romans 11, 12, and 13, it says that. God gave Israel a promise forever, and it was an unconditional promise that they would have the land forever. And I believe that will be fulfilled literally for a distinct entity called Israel. So the church is not Israel. Israel's not the church. And the church has to be taken up before God can work again with Israel to continue the stop clock of Daniel's prophecies of 70 weeks. There's one more week left. In the, there's 69 that have been fulfilled from the rebuilding of, of the walls of Jerusalem until the coming of the, of the prince. Uh, 69 weeks, 483 years have been fulfilled. There's seven years left to fulfill the arc of the 470 years, the 70 weeks of Daniel. And that is the tribulation. And we will be caught up so God can work again with just Israel. Just Israel. The stop watch stopped when Jesus came into Jerusalem and he was rejected. Now there's this mystery, the church age. We are the church. We're not Jew or Gentile. We're all one in Christ, right? But once that church is taken out, Now God can deal directly with Israel again for that last week of Daniel's prophecy. Also, the Bible speaks of during the tribulation, all restraint will be removed and evil will have its way. Today, just the fact that there are Christians that are indwelt by the Spirit of God, that's the temple, by the way. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We don't need a temple today to worship. We worship in spirit and in truth, right? But there is a day when the Holy Spirit will be taken with the believers and the earth no longer will have that restrainer. And you think the world is bad today? Just wait until the Holy Spirit's restraining influence is gone and all evil will break loose. And then also there's a doctrine called imminency. It's this idea of watching and waiting for the return of the Lord. The only view that keeps Israel separate from the church, the only view that removes the restraint during the seven-year tribulation, the only view that keeps intact the doctrine of expectancy is pre-tribulational rapture. Because we would know exactly when Jesus would return if it was in the middle of the tribulation. We would know exactly when Jesus would return if it's at the end of the tribulation. The only one that we wouldn't know exactly when he'll return is before the tribulation. So that's why we hold to that view. And I believe it's a a scriptural view. I'm not gonna argue with people. You're welcome to stay here. You know, and as we go up, I'll just look at you and, you know, smile. That's that's all. And and I I also love the idea that it's the only view that uh, that uh, makes sure that we, in First Thessalonians 5, 9, uh, we understand that God hath not appointed us to wrath. And, and some people say, well, the second half of the tribulation is God's wrath. Have you read the first half of the tribulation? It's not so great, okay? So uh, I, I believe that God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready for an adventure like no other? Dive into a world of discovery within Grace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. Immerse yourself in the awe-inspiring beauty of the Grand Canyon and uncover the captivating evidence of Noah's flood. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to InGrace. Simply call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. 
When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, A Tour of Noah's Ark with Ken Ham and Ark of Noah, which explores the geological evidence that supports the Bible. For your gift of $100 or more, you can enjoy our entire Creation Series bundle, including eight sensational video series. Call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. That's 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Don't miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. In reading what the Bible says about the end times, I don't see America mentioned at all. How exactly does America fall from being a major world power, as we see today, to not being mentioned at all during the end times? So this is a very good question. Where is America in end times prophecy? You can't find it clearly. Certainly, I believe that America, although not explicitly mentioned, certainly will be part of end times. Maybe we will have fallen. Certainly, that could happen. An enemy could take us out. That could happen. You say, no, that can never happen. Oh, it could happen. When we're spending so much money, we can have a, a massive internal collapse. We are promoting things that are opposed to God. We are teaching them now to our preschoolers. Okay? So we could have a huge implosion. Uh, we've already had one morally, but following that, as Rome experienced, will be an implosion of their society and of their nation. Uh, certainly, we could also have been absorbed into a region. There are a lot of people that say we shouldn't have borders, you know, and that would solve the immigrant, immigrant crisis, right? Not really. Uh, you'll, you'll just have more problems. But either way, uh, people want to do away with borders, so maybe we'd be a, uh, a government of North America, okay? Certainly, that would fit into the end time scenario of one leader that would be in charge of different regions of the world. Um, I also see that we have, in Revelation 18.3, it says, All nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Who is her? This is Babylon. I believe that America has corrupted the world as much as we have blessed the world with our music, with our culture, with our movies, and all of the things that we've put out there. Uh, we are the main influencer of the world in, unfortunately, uh, mostly evil ways these days. And so... I believe that we're going to be under the wrath of God in, in regards to being the, at least the financial Babylon in Revelation 18.3. Certainly, I don't think we'll be a superpower at that time. Uh, we will have uh, given up our, our power to a more central world, world government, or maybe we won't exist anymore. I don't know. But certainly, you would think that we would be mentioned more if, uh, if we were part of end times prophecy, and I, I don't see that in Scripture. Okay. Another question is, the souls that go to heaven before the rapture, are they tangible? So I, the, the questioner is asking, so when, when someone dies that's saved today, even if they're not saved, their body stays, but their spirit and soul departs. We know that for sure. Okay, so what, what is the state of that spirit and soul? What are they like before their flesh is reunited? So we know at the rapture, the Lord will take our body wherever it will be, whatever decomposition it will be, or it's cremated or whatever, it will bring back those molecules in a perfect remade body and reunite it with the soul. But what happens in the meantime? 
If you were to, to die and go to heaven, your body's still here and you bump into someone that's already died and gone to heaven, will you recognize them? Well, they have a face. You know, what is the answer to that? How would you recognize a soul without their flesh? Excellent question. And here is the best answer that I have. When Moses and Elijah met with Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration, they were represented as having bodies, right? Look at Matthew 17, 2. Jesus was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah, Elias, talking with him. So they would not have had their physical bodies yet, their glorified bodies, but they must have some sort of intermediate temporary body that has likeness characteristics that we have today. So that's the best answer I can give you. Great question. And here's our final question. How do people get saved without knowing Jesus? And the example would be American Indians. I would just say this. There is no salvation apart from Jesus Christ. So the question then is, people that are far away from any gospel message, so you would think about in the jungles or wherever, and they've never heard a missionary, they've never had a Bible. How can they be saved? That should motivate us, shouldn't it? To get out there and to share the message of the gospel. But I know this, God is fair, God is, is right, okay? I know that all people have the same amount of light, look at Romans 1.19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. In our very conscience, in our very being, we know that there is a God. How do I know that? Because every atheist that's about to die cries out to God. We know deep down there is a God. We have to push that away. We have to not deny that. So if we know by our conscience that there is a God, it says God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. In other words, when we see the world, we know that it was made. We have to make up stories that we came from nothing, that we evolved from animals. That's not true. That's not in the Bible. Science actually doesn't teach that. They say it's scientific when they teach evolution, but it's not. It's a, it's a faith. It's just as much of a religion as we have. They weren't there. They don't know. All they're looking at is the same evidence that we have. So in other words, every person in the world, no matter where they are, has the same evidence that there is a God, okay? And they are without excuse. You say, wait a second. How can they be saved if they've never heard the name of Jesus? Here's what I think. Since God is fair, if someone is seeking for truth, God will give them truth. How is that? I know there are stories of people that have been in remote places that have seen truth and know there's truth and, and are yearning for truth and they call out to God and God brings them a missionary. There's many stories of this. People, they arrive, the missionaries arrive at a village and they say, we've been praying for you to come for the last three years. So I know for sure that only one name will save you, and that is the name of Jesus. He is the Son of God. He came to live the life that you couldn't live. He died for your sins on a cross, and he rose again the third day. And he says, if you will believe in me, trust in me, you will be saved today, tomorrow, and forever. You don't have to fear the coming judgments that are predicted in this incredible book that will be falling upon the earth. You don't have to fear that, for you will be saved from that wrath to come. 
You will be saved from the wrath of an eternal hell. Be saved to heaven to be with the Lord in a real, tangible, just like today, but without all of the problems that we have. It'll be a glorious future, but you first have to receive Jesus, Jesus by faith. Trust in him and him alone. And the Bible says when you do that, you will be saved. And that's the message we need to bring to the lost, to those people that are in remote places. We have to get out there. We want to pray for our young people to be called of God to take the message of the gospel to remote places. we got to use all media and technology to bring the gospel to a lost and dying world. So let's recommit to doing that as a church and as a people. Let me end by giving you the gospel, and that is a real simple message. And Jesus says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Some people think God is out to get you. God just doesn't want you to have any fun. No, God loves you. He wants to be the perfect dad. You might not have had a perfect dad. You might not be a perfect dad. But God is the dad you want to be. God is the dad that you wish you had. He loves the world. He loves you so much that he came and he gave his only begotten son, that is Jesus, and whosoever believeth in him. What does that mean? That means to trust in him. Not a religion, not good works, not prayers, but to believe in him, trust in him, should not perish, which is hell, but have everlasting life. How can I be saved from hell? How can I be saved to heaven? It says it right there. Whosoever believeth in him, in Jesus, will be saved. And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through what? Faith, same word as believe, one's a verb, one's a noun, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift, gift of God. All you have to do is receive a gift called salvation, called eternal life, not of works. You can come to church every service that we ever have, and that will not save you. Salvation is not by what we do, it's by what Jesus did and our trusting in him. Not of works, lest any man should boast. No one will stand in heaven, myself included, and say, I deserve to be here. No, we will all stand in heaven and say, I don't deserve to be here. But by the grace of God, because I believed in Jesus, I trusted in him, I am here. And that's the greatest news, is that you can have that assurance of eternal life. And we'd love to talk to you more about salvation. If you have questions or if you have made that decision today to put your faith in Jesus and him alone, then contact us. The best way is through our website, ingraceradio.com. You can contact us through the website or you can call us during business hours, 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE. You can also write to us at ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. We'll repeat all that in just a moment. Many of you have contacted us and said, hey, how can I get the entire Answers series? Well, we have a CD set that you can order, and uh, we'd love to get that in your hands and so that you can have all of these things we've been talking about in these last few weeks here at InGrace on one CD set. It's called Answers, an 18-part series. Contact us. Uh, call, 
go to our website or write to us and we'll get that to you. We also have the offer of the month, which is Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. It's a four-part video adventure series that we filmed in the Grand Canyon on a rafting trip. And it will help you understand why the Grand Canyon is proof of the flood of Noah and not millions of years. It includes Dr. Danny Faulkner, a PhD astronomer, Dr. Andrew Snelling, a PhD geologist, both with Answers in Genesis, a deserving family that tells their amazing testimony, the Yarboroughs, and a lot of whitewater and adventure. That is yours. It's a four-part video series for a gift of any amount to Ingrace. Your gift will make sure more people hear the gospel, and it's on DVD or digital download. If you want to donate $35 or more that more people will hear the gospel, and I'll send you two more video adventures about Noah's Ark and the flood. And then if you can give $100 or more, again, more people hear about the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to send you five more amazing videos on creation. These are all adventure videos, but you're going to learn a lot. I've got great experts. One's a marine biologist, PhD. We have, you know, like Ken Ham's on one of them and Carl Baha's on another. So you want to get these great resources. We call it the Creation Bundle. Contact us today. Dive into a world of discovery with Ingrace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to Ingrace. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two more video series about Noah's Flood or get the entire eight-series Creation Bundle for $100. Call 800-78-GRACE, visit ingraceradio.com, or write to P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on Ingrace Radio. Radio.